Good Wednesday morning, and today Dr. John is going to be reminiscing on 21 years of running his conference up in Canada. Originally, this was just for physicians, but he is finding over the years more and more people are wanting to attend. Also, just so you guys are aware of his travels, Dr. John's going to be traveling to Idaho. He will be in Boise the 19th through the 24th. And then from there, he'll be traveling up to Moscow, Idaho, the 26th through the 28th. Up in Moscow, he'll be talking with NSA, which is New St. Andrews. And then down in Boise with me, he's going to be talking with CMDA and helping out with some local churches. If you're curious to know more about that, you can email me personally at hello at craigflood.com. That's hello at craigflood, C-R-A-I-G-F-L-O-O-D.com. I've just had a wonderful week, and uh, so has my wife, although uh, exhausting. Uh, Sally uh, got it organized so that 40 people were fed for a week uh, in a, uh, a college room which doesn't yet have a proper kitchen. Um, we don't have the money to build it yet. Um, it wouldn't have helped a lot if we had. But this conference began uh, 21 years ago. We run it for 21 years. Uh, the college began in 1997, a few years before, and that uh, grew out of God getting on the case of half a dozen professors and bringing us together and realizing that we needed a program that would teach young people what education was designed for in the first place, how we came to be the people we are, what things we got right, what things we got wrong, the warts and all genuine history of the major streams of learning. And we had no money, so it was local people who pushed us into doing it, moms, homeschooling moms and dads and graduate students primarily. But I would uh, talk about it on my travels. Uh, I was the only advertising we had. Uh, and very shortly we started getting... Uh, people come from the States as well, uh, mainly uh, from doctors' families because that's the only way they found out about us. Uh, that was interesting. And uh, the parents liked what we did. Uh, I remember one guy sending me an email saying, I have just done a three-hour journey with my son who was chattering away the whole time about things that I did not understand or had not heard of, but were obviously important. Well done, keep it up. And shortly after that, some doctors started asking the question, well, you're constantly pointing out to us that our education was inadequate, far too narrow. When are you going to do something for us? Um, and in my usual kindly fashion, I said, well, I've written you off as irredeemable, but you've got one thing I need, your money. Um, what would you pay? And Americans are very kind to Brits, really. They, they love teasing us, but they don't mind being teased back. And uh, they said, well, hmm, could you arrange to get us some CME credits, continuing medical education credits in any way? And we said, well, that should be possible because what we're teaching clearly has utility especially in your understanding of ethics and medicine is essentially a moral activity. Yeah, we could do that. So they, they said, well, I'd pay at least 100 bucks a day for golf. Uh, if it was a golfing holiday, why wouldn't I pay you something the same order? And so we settled on uh, a five-day program, and they said, a bit more than that. It's, I think we started at 6,000. We're not 
that much higher since. We perhaps should have gone higher. Uh, we did get the the CME credits, so that means they can write a good chunk of it off tax. And it's been going ever since. Uh, and it is such a delight. Uh, all we did was take the eight-month program, which we uh, use for the young people, and we broke it up into... Uh, sections that we could do year by year, and it took eight years to get through it, and so we've been through it three times pretty well, just under eight years. We've, we, we've finished three, so we must have done it in seven. Yeah, um, and uh, they loved it. I think they loved as much as anything else the fact that they were in an environment where Hillary's dreadful HIPAA rules, which are very counterproductive to good medicine, no longer obeyed, uh, no longer applied, so they could talk freely about the problems they had uh, with people who were in the same state. Uh, it was a safe space, if you like, and people became very good friends and helped one another in various ways. And when we got into trouble, with, uh, when we set up the college, we said, if we go into the red, we, we close. Um, the first time that approach because you couldn't write a business plan for what we do. Uh, in fact, two people, three people resigned on the spot who were teaching and said, yeah, we've come to an end. It's been good, but they were ready to leave. And they did uh, because they'd been told by some we, we all respected that we were going to go bankrupt that summer and so we should close down properly. But fortunately, uh, one or two of us, especially one student, said, shouldn't we be praying about this first? And we, the rest of us agreed we should. And so we said our prayers. And a few weeks later, uh, a gentleman phoned me and uh, asked how the college was going. And I said, pedagogically wonderfully, financially disaster, probably going to close this summer bankrupt. And he said, would 25,000 help? And I said, it surely would, but who are you and why are you giving me 25,000? And he, he laughed and he said, you don't know me. Uh, but he said, I'm executor to one of my favorite aunts and she's just died. And uh, one of the last things she said to me, she said, in my will, I meant to give some money, and I love this bit, to a young man in Ottawa. I like what they're trying to do, uh, to be referred to as a young man. I think that's the last time I was referred to as a young man. But uh, she said, there's plenty of money left over for you to deal with, so um, call him, see what he needs, and give it to him. Uh, it's one of the richest families in Ontario that that lady was part of, um, a Christian family. And so that got us off the hook that time. The next time we came close, uh, and then some of the people at the summer program found out, they were furious that I had not told them straight up front. They said, don't you ever again uh, contemplate bankruptcy without telling us all. And we were bailed out that time. And then when our church basement was uh, taken away from us because the church decided we're going bankrupt and there's a good price in this place. It's wrong church in the wrong for the for the environment. 
So suddenly, we at the end of a year, we got a summer to find somewhere to, to go. And uh, oh, it's a bit more, slightly over They gave her a bit more notice than that. And then one church in uh, in Ottawa who knew what we were doing said, look, we've just been renovating our church, which had to. It's one of the oldest churches in in uh, Canada, in Ottawa. And um, we can't finish it. And there's an upper room, uh, which would be ideal for you guys, but it's, it needs renovation. Uh, it costs you at least 100000 Can you raise that kind of money? Um, I'd never raised money in my life as a, an objective, and I didn't want to on this occasion, but uh, it would suit us. And uh, the next thing on my agenda that year was uh, uh, the CMDS, as it was then, conference in Vancouver, uh, Christian Medical Dental Society of Canada. And the first person I met there was a lovely woman, Dr. Margaret Cottle, and I said, who'd been very supportive of everything I do, and had sent her daughter to uh, a college, and she looks upon it as the best year of her educational life. And she came back this summer for the first time since uh, 2000. She's been so busy, so it's uh, 20 years since she'd been there. It was lovely to have her back. Anyway, um, I said I told Margaret what was going on and said, I think I'm going to ask people whether they w would make a pledge so that I can see whether it's likely to be possible and then call the pledges in. I think I could handle that. I, I couldn't go out and say, give me money. And Mark said, I'm not going to give you a pledge. I'm going to give you money. And there was a Chinese doctor there as well listening who said, I'll give you some too. And in 30 seconds, I'd got $7,000. Uh, I was so stunned. I, I didn't talk about it anymore at that conference, but we were then going off to another week's teaching in Colorado. And before we went, we sent one email around the doctors who come to this summer program. And when I got back, we'd got another $70,000. We've still got things we haven't finished, but I haven't done any really pushed on that uh, because we can function. But we really do, do need to get a kitchen, and that's not a cheap item. But they they gave us that money that quickly, very, on one email. Doctors are always being asked for money because people think they're richer than they are, but uh, they get used to, you know, saying it's a good, a good project, but it's not on my list, this sure. But this mattered to them. Uh, so, and up until last year, we had about six people who had uh, not missed a year from year one, but they're getting old and getting sick. So the only reason they're not there this year is they're recovering from various sorts of problems that you get at our age. Um, I was more exhausted than usual at the end of this one. I'm getting older. I'm fine again now, but uh, that's fun. And what I hadn't realized is just how deficient the American education system is, especially for doctors who are very bright kids and they decide they want to be a doctor. And so they they narrow down on doing just what's necessary to be a doctor. Uh, they don't have a childhood in which you play with everything. We set too solid a set of targets in the way of young people too soon. The result is that 
they get a narrow education. Doctors being amongst the worst. Um, I would maintain that no child should feel any educational pressure before about the age of 11 or 12. They should just be allowed to learn to read, write, think, and be polite. If you, got, if you achieve that, you're ahead of the American education system anyway now, and the Canadian one. If, you, if you're still polite and you're both numerate and uh, literate at, at, at 11, you're ahead of the curve, and you can always catch up. And their interests should drive them, their passions. You've got to do those basic things, very basic, but then let your passions rule. You know, I, I've got a grandson who, who's got good ears. He, he, he struggles education in some ways, but he loves birds. And uh, he can find them. And he can even do warblers, which you can only do by song, and you can only track them down if you could recognize their song. That's lovely. It means that his mind is active and well. He'll get over the little uh, ADD-type problems that he has as he goes older, and he'll find an appropriate niche. What you don't want to do to your children is educate them beyond their abilities. There's nothing worse than getting a job that you can't handle with ease. Your basic income ought to be something you do. That's what I do. So there's plenty of space and time for everything else. Uh, I never stopped reading things that were unrelated to medicine all the way through. Because medicine is not actually a difficult subject. There's a lot of material. But if you've got a good memory, you can handle it at level one. And then if you find something that you're really interested in, you go into it properly. The, the, since the educationalists took over early medical education, it's been destroyed because they try and pump so much material into the minds of medical students that nobody can handle it intellectually. They have to handle it by memory. And since it's not actually practical, they forget it. Uh, they couldn't even pass an exam that they took in their preclinical years six weeks later. And that's not their fault. That's the educator's fault. So... Uh, what we're doing really is going back to the old principles of uh, the trivium. Teach them grammar, loss of memory. When we get these doctors even beginning to realize, hey, you know, it's worth being able to quote something properly. And those that have that ability, so yeah, that's a good idea. My, my quotation book, lots of people have copied it. It helps. Uh, not that, to produce your own quotation book. When you hear something said well, uh, the only excuse you've got for saying it badly is laziness or getting old. Learn it. Say it properly. Then we teach them logic and, and how to analyze them. Uh, only then do you do the rhetoric. Now, obviously, for the summer program, if I'm teaching science to non-scientists, then you, you have to do it by story first and detail later if it's appropriate. But a, a talk is not the same as a, a, a book. You know, what, what I'm trying to do now is stir up some activity in people's brains that will lead them to go off and say, I need to know more about that. I, where do I find it? They'll, they'll, they'll get to lots of books from me. Uh, I'm just a, a salesman, really, a book salesman. Uh, and that's what I've done with lots of... Uh, uh, the people who've come to the college, 
all of them go away with a reading list they would not otherwise have had, and for 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 that they are deeply grateful. So, um, this week has been wonderful in that way, and for the the young man who's arguing with his mentors in his residency program, he said, "It's such a pleasure to be here and see." You and Graham, for instance, argue vigorously uh, with no holes barred, but with no acrimony whatsoever. In fact, as soon as we'd finished arguing, we all went off to the pub together and argued all over lunch as well. Uh, that's, that's wonderful. Argument amongst good men and women is just knowledge in the making, said Milton, and he's right. And so... Every week in June, I, I see, yeah, we are doing something that's at least getting to 40 people. And they're influencing other people. And this year, three of them are going off and they're going to attempt to start a mini version of what we do in California next year. So if any of you would be interested, first think about coming to Ottawa. I know it's a, a long way to go, but it's not frozen all the year, you know. The temperature this week was a bit too hot, you know, uh, but we didn't complain. It, the temperature is usually perfect in the first week in June uh, every year. Um, but it would be nice to have one going on in California. So in January, I think I might go. Um, and if we could spread it around, it, it, it will make a difference. Thank you guys all for listening. And if you guys enjoyed this, or if you want to learn more, if you have questions about what's happening in California, be sure to reach out. You can find the contact information down below. Mm-hmm.